We have been duped by feminism, sexual liberation, and antidepressants. We have been told that we are powerful and free now as women, but we feel tired, wired, and bitter. We're mostly eating right, exercising, and meditating, wrangling to-do lists, and arranging playdates, and yet there's a haunting hollowness beneath the huge complaints. What if I told you that there is a huge storehouse, a reservoir of energy inside of you that has not been tapped, that you could feel light and pulsing, excited and alive in ways that a wellness lifestyle cannot deliver, that you could trust yourself, that the world could feel safe and that unexpected and expected delights could start to illuminate your path. No coach, therapist, doctor, or guru required. Just you learning to get real, present, and attentive with you. I feel like I'm here to matchmake your inner parts for the greatest love affair ever written. I want to help you learn first where you're buying eggs from the hardware store, which is the source of all pain. I want to help you master entering through the upset, which is the only spiritual practice you'll ever need and to get real comfortable putting on your villain crown, which is, in my opinion, the key to true power. And then you'll attune to your inner yes so you can live the life defined by the specific pleasure of who you are. I am so excited to announce my latest book called The Reclaimed Woman, which is available for pre-order now. So if you head to the link in show notes, you can learn more about bonuses, events, and companion offerings. And I cannot wait to see your gorgeous face on the path. I'm Dr. Kelly Brogan. You may know me as a New York Times bestselling author of a book with an exploding pill on the cover, renegade psychiatrist, pole dancer, or honorary member of the Disinformation Dozen. What can I say? I'm a born provocateur. I've spent most of my recent life exposing deceptions, connecting dots, and discovering the secret places my inner victim is still waiting to be liberated. And now I feel called to help you reclaim all of your parts, your health, your sexuality, your power, and your expression so that you can finally truly own yourself. I want to ignite in you that inner knowing and the pulsing vitality that lives beneath your disempowerment, disconnection, and resentment so that you can audaciously, courageously, and playfully alchemize your struggle into the specific pleasure of who you are. This is Reclamation Radio, a Soul Fire production. Hi, and welcome back to Reclamation Radio. I am Dr. Kelly Brogan, and today I wanted to share some of the high-level take-homes from my first in-person retreat in Miami called Audacious Embodiment. For a bit of context, as I look at the role that this event has played in my life, I can see that through one lens, I have had four extraordinary weddings. The first to my first husband, the second to my second. The third was the Thank You Body Rally that I helped to organize in 2020, which was essentially my commitment to celebrating what is possible rather than fighting with what is. So it was some sort of a deep 
body reunion as an otherwise pretty angry, righteous activist. It represented my divergence from that field of victim consciousness that I really was inhabiting as an activist for about a decade. And then came this. <laughs> so this certainly was not a revenue-wise business choice for me to plan this quite elaborate weekend and to insist on doing it my way with all of the particulars of luxury available to myself and the participants. And I just knew that I had to do it. I knew that I had to do it because I wanted to do it, not because it was going to be the next best step for my entrepreneurial expression. And I started to experience that as a feminine investment, right? When we invest money and funds into a potentially non-linear outcome, knowing that the best reason to do it is simply because the desire is there to do so. So that context really laid the groundwork for the experience to unfold like beyond my wildest dreams. And for me to be able to showcase the 10 women who held out a hand in the dark to me in these past couple of years of my reclamation journey, it was an extraordinary pleasure. And I realized that one of the greatest pleasures I have in my life is the reciprocity of lifting women who I respect and admire and inspired by up and also allowing them in doing so to stand with me. So it's this extraordinary transformation of the sister wound when I have the opportunity to showcase women, give them the mic, celebrate them, and also to feel less alone in doing so. You know, it's it's been interesting for me to observe that some women, especially in you know this entrepreneurial space, seem to have sensitivity to other women copying them or stealing their material or doing what it is that they're doing. And we all have our sensitivities and for good reason. For whatever reason, I do not share that sensitivity. And not only do I not mind when people <laughs> copy me or say the things I say, you know, there's even versions of my book, like essentially plagiarized online. And for me, I think it confers a sense of belonging or a sense of accompaniment or togetherness. And I have the conviction that I am me and nobody else is me. So there's not really another way for it to come through me, even if it's the same content. So for my particular wiring to have this opportunity to put these women on stage was extraordinary. And what's funny is that so many people gave me the feedback that this event was so me, right? Like it was so Kelly Brogan and I was barely on stage. And in fact, I got a couple complaints about that. I was barely on stage. You know, I was in the beginning for shadow work and inner child work and for coaching at the end. However, a lot of the content, most of it was other women. So how could it be so me, right? And it's because I have all of the archetypes that these women embody within me, right? So I am them <laughs> and they are me. It's just a beautiful prismatic expression of the shades of women that are available. And so my intention with this 
event, which I will mention now and again, is recorded and available. And I'm so excited that I had the best, best, best recording team to create this product because I know that this is meant to inspire so many more than we're in the room and that it can translate. Because my intention was to design the ultimate pattern disrupt. And I knew that an essential element of the pattern disrupt was to overwhelm the resistance, right? to somehow short circuit in a loving way, the part that says, don't go there. And to hold with gentle care, all of the objections that would otherwise stand in the way saying, I don't do that. This is stupid. That's not for me. And what am I doing here? (laughs) And so I slotted and timed these experiences to be relatively bite size, but also deep, right? So also deep end. And I do not victim coddle. (laughs) I do not coddle at all. And so there wasn't really a concern in my mind about whether or not these women could handle it. I knew that they were there because they were ready for a powerful shift in their story of what it is to be a woman. And interestingly, the predominant feedback that I have received and my team has received since the event is that I don't have words to explain. This is beyond words. There is no way for me to articulate, right? And over and over and over again, I started to feel like, well, that's not exactly the best testimonial. What what happened? How did you feel? And I soon realized that's what happens when women are in their bodies. They actually lose their words. Imagine, right? Especially for someone like me to lose your words, to not be able to articulate, to not be able to explain some of the deepest, most cosmic experiences of life are ephemeral in that way, are beyond what we can commit to logos. And it seems like that was achieved. So I wanted to share a bit about how that was achieved and what the ingredients were, especially if you are in a place in your life where as a woman, you are feeling like you're half living, where you're feeling like there is a glass wall between you and the experience you quote unquote should be having of your life. You know, I should be happy. I should be content. I should be fulfilled. And somehow I'm just in survival mode. What's wrong with me? We get to this place where the persona that we have built up is no longer going to feel sufficient. And to disrupt that is to lay fresh snow on the mountain and to be able to ski entirely new tracks. And the ingredients of that disruption include, I would say, two primary elements. One is expansion of the permission field. So to create the conditions where you get to be, act, or otherwise behave in a way that you never thought you were allowed to. Now, this could be, you know, some sort of horrific (laughs) trial, you know, that you're pushed beyond what is tolerable to your system into an experience that ultimately feels violating. That was certainly not my goal. I feel like I have a rather attuned sensitivity to the sort of 
exhibitionist element that can be invoked in in in-person experiences. And I did not want anyone to feel like they had to put on a show to be included. I didn't want anyone to feel that they had to dissociate, self-abandon, or betray that would be obviously at odds with my greater intention. So the permission field expansion was simply by way of these women inspiring through play and through exploration and through modeling another flavor of woman. And the alchemy of judgment that might arise when it is held with curiosity and when it is positioned as being a mirror that reflects the parts of ourselves we have disavowed was very much at play here. So the permission field, by the end, there was one gal there and she was in like a leotard, right? And we had had a dance experience and she came up to me and she said, in a million years, I never would have been caught dead in this outfit, but I brought it just in case. (laughs) And so the permission field is an expansion that is permanent. Once you make contact with a woman who gives you permission to play in an archetypal realm that you didn't think you were allowed to, you can't go back. There's no going back. You can choose to never explore that again. However, now you know that it's in you as a part of your resource library, you know, that you can draw from in the future. And the other element is what it is to what I call choose life. So a lot of the family constellation work that I have done and that I featured through my friend Amerlee, who I have a podcast interview with her in this series. A lot of that work is about the experience that we have when we stand in our place and we find where we belong and we sever and resolve any loyalties to our ancestors who have their own burdens, their own struggles, their own conflicts and stories that we end up living on repeat, right? So when we stand in our place and we resolve these loyalties and we express gratitude for the life that we have been afforded, you know, through these ancestors, and we understand that we are here to live our own experience, there is a resolution of what she calls a compensation towards death, right? That when we are looking backward into the past members of our family and we are concerning ourselves with holding their burdens, right? So maybe you had a grandfather who was financially destitute and now you find yourself in these patterns of financial struggle, that loyalty does not have to be yours to bear. But when you are in that pattern, subconsciously, it's been transferred down to you. You are in this death-oriented experience of yourself. When you stand in the shoes that you belong in, you orient forward towards your own life experience with clear adult eyes. And so the experience of self-alignment, when we no longer appease and find security through these alliances with others in violation of our own needs, in betrayal of ourself. We are choosing life. We are turning towards 
all of the elements of ourself and saying yes, yeah. yes to all of it. We are also choosing life when we find new ways to move energy through this system. And I think that is chiefly available through dance and through song. And it's quite literal <laughs> that the more energy you can move through your body in these ways, the more life force you have access to. When you meet shame walls, when you meet aspects of yourself that you have rejected, there is energy locked up behind that shame wall that you can claim. And there are always creative gifts that spring forth once that energy is liberated. This is another way to choose life, to choose your life and to allow your God spark, you know, to ignite, to allow that channel to open and to recognize that as a woman, you are here to channel that energy through your body. It's actually what you're here for. And it is the greatest pleasure and delight to move these energies through, including the whole spectrum of emotions. I heard David Data say the other day that I said that like he said it in conversation to me. <laughs> it was in one of his programs. He said, you know, men have three emotions, good, bad, and okay, <laughs> relative to the, you know, absolutely encyclopedic variety of emotions that, that women experience and run through our bodies. So at my recent retreat, Audacious Embodiment, I really studied what we all had in common as holistic wellness truther girlies who are drawn to the concept of embodiment. And it interested me that a common flower card from my friend Katie of Lotus Ways deck was the Taiwanese lily, which is in a blend that she calls sacred body. So this is for when you have an inner bossy girl or military general or a tyrant that takes over. And when you repress your emotions or hold on too tightly, it's here, this blend, to help you become more like water, more fluid, more flexible, and to gently cleanse your lymphatic and digestive systems. So many of us are ready to become more fluid and flexible. That's what I learned through this retreat and also to cleanse and release gently, you know, so it's not this energy of like, get the bad out, <laughs> sort of self-punishment. This is a way to honor the body's wisdom. And that's why I love sacred body elixir, oil, and mist. It feels like blessing this vessel every time I use it. So head to lotusway.com and use the code Kelly15 for 15% off. The link is in show notes for you. So in order to create the conditions for this expansion of the permission field and this increase in vital life force energy and eros to run through the bodies of the participants and anyone who chooses to, you know, partake in these recordings, I organize the sessions into work and play. So the work included some of my favorite points of inquiry around shadow work and inner child access and 
how it is that we can hold and expose to love all of the objections inside of ourselves and make contact with all of the unlived desires, right? Which pretty much are the things that you love to do as a kid, to act and play pretend, to dance, to sing, right? To self-express in these silly ways and to allow your body to be animated without censorship. Then we worked with Family Constellation in one of the biggest groups I have heard of (laughs) and that Amarlee worked with. And it was, as always, mind-blowing to me. I just simply cannot articulate. It's one of those wordless things for me. How this modality can be what it is. I am like a religious zealot about it. You know, how can it consistently reveal these patterns when people barely know what they're doing, right? So she didn't do some elaborate introduction before she put people in this big family tree system and allowed them to move the way they felt like it. And this whole drama played out this wordless drama. It was extraordinary. And one of the participants said that it was the most transformational experience of her entire life. (laughs) So witnessing that, I don't know if you have heard of the show, Another Self, it's a Turkish show on Netflix that depicts this. And I think when you see it depicted, you get a sense for what family constellation is capable of organizing in your system. We did uh, body shame alchemy with my friend, Danny, who is the joy alchemist. And I've done this work with her. It is so, so deep to speak from the place in your body that you hold the most shame right? The part of your body that you hate the most to speak from that part. And then to allow, you know, other women, first of all, that exercise in and of itself is extraordinarily powerful. And then to allow other women to hold that literally part of your body with you as you welcome it back in. We worked with Osho dynamic meditation, which again was one of the more profound fields created is this big group of women doing this quite ancient practice that my girlfriend Akasha walked us through in her extraordinarily powerful way. And there is in the stages of Osho dynamic meditation, which is something that I practiced with her for the first year and a half of the pandemic, (laughs) very necessary for me. And in the stages of the Osho dynamic meditation practice, which some practitioners actually do daily, believe it or not, there is one of the stages, which is a a catharsis. And, you know, when I was standing in the room with a hundred women wailing and screaming and laughing and otherwise, you know, moving this deep energy that was very strategically built up through the previous stages of the practice, I thought, you know, If somebody walked in now, (laughs) they might think that this is a really reckless and irresponsible thing to do with women, you know, just to sort of like foment all of this expressed negative energy, like for what? And that's why I would have thought the same thing. And that's why I think this is one of the only responsible methodologies for true catharsis, right? It's actually in the specific flow of Osho dynamic meditation. And his belief 
apparently, that these stages are necessary to get you to that place of stillness. You have to move all of this out before you even have a prayer of actually effectively meditating. And so then a lot of the rest of the weekend was play. So we did some foundational work on Betty Martin's Wheel of Consent and this exercise that River Roaring took us through, which helps to identify with your hands, so it's waking up the hands, whether you are taking touch or receiving touch, right? So understanding that there are two directional vectors of touch when most of the time we imagine that somebody who is touching another person is giving them touch, but there's also taking touch, which mostly we don't identify with other than when we pet our pets, right? But this is a very, very important reclamation (laughs) because it's part of dark eros to understand that with consent, taking touch is an entitlement and it is an extreme source of pleasure erotically and otherwise. And when we pretend that we are giving and, and what we're getting is because we're giving and enjoying somebody's receiving, we're missing an entire quadrant. So it's very profound work. And I was, it was very important to me that that be included. We did some ancestral song with Hanalei. And it was interesting to me because there was an exercise in pairs where, you know, we were supposed to do this sort of call and response, let's say like improvisational exercise. And I had done this in some of my singing lessons before. And I remember the first time that I was asked to do it, it it's like on a Zoom song lesson. I wanted to close the computer. (laughs) I was so exquisitely uncomfortable. I thought I could die. And I sat there, you know, it's been about a year. I sat there a year later, let's say in this room. And I, and one of my girlfriends was in that moment of like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I don't want to do this. And I just really felt like, wow, it's possible to come a very long way where this kind of pattern disrupting, disinhibiting exercise can just be like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) When it was once something that terrifying. And then we move through song together and it is as ever so beautiful to have that experience with, with other women in a group setting. So then I had my pool teacher, Ellie, teach basic body rolls and hair whips. And my teacher and friend, Wendy, teach basically like a sensual routine very basic, very simple, but very powerful. And she also apparently framed it as shadow work because we were owning our inner hoe. And she talked about how, you know, the early accusations that she got of her, you know, sort of like slutty comportment or whatever. Meanwhile, she's on this stage looking like, I just can't even articulate like the level of sexiness and beauty and allure that this woman embodies effortlessly. And you know, she talked about the early days of her sensitivity to that and her moment where she recognized, you know what, what if I am, right? What if I am that? And I call that wearing the villain crown, right? What if I am that and how liberating it could be. And so that felt like an important practice. We also twerked with Simone from Boss Chick Dance Workout and really accessed the powerful way in which hip movement, especially like that, but also, you know, from African dance lineage can like ignite 
I think probably Kundalini, right? And it's framed as this like sort of ratchet, you know, like club, you know, move or whatever. And meanwhile, I think it's one of the deeper practice, like spiritual practices that I engage. And of course I have, I don't know why it is so delightful to me to imagine that I'm like the first. It's probably part of my like, you know, uniqueness striving or something from childhood, but that I'm the first to ever do a thing, right? So there was by the end of this experience, a huge part of me that was like, this has never occurred before. In a room, there has never been back-to-back twerking and Osho practice (laughs) for better or for worse, or this special combination of practices, right? And forms of expression. And these are all of the tools not all of them, but these are all tools, let's say, that are available to us as women to express and access, you know, these, these dimensions of ourselves through. So with Madeline Moon, we did improvisational acting and, you know, turning into theatrical expression. The parts of ourself that are as of yet incompletely expressed, but that are necessary to express in order to experience what we desire in love. And the crown jewel of the event was something I will leave to viewership. (laughs) Okay. And leave to those of you who are curious enough to invest in the experience in its totality to witness, because I did not plan this. I was as shocked as everyone in the audience when my agreeing to be a demo model, if you will, for Kimmy Inch, who was there to talk about sub and dom polarities. She calls them leader and follower polarities within ourselves. When that demo turned into one of the most powerful experiences of my adult life, I'll just drop it like that because she is a master in this realm. And she's a dominatrix for that reason. And she really clearly walks the walk because the moment that she took the stage, we all felt it. And she demonstrated something on me that I think is one of the more powerful examples, living examples of how BDSM and conscious kink can transmute pain and shame in the space of minutes because of the organization of energies, right? Into a dom and a sub, she was doming me. And because of the openness and surrender and vulnerability that the submissive or the follower agrees to bring to bear. And because also of the somatic elements, right? So this was an impact play demo, spanking demo. And You might think like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Who cares? Isn't that just, you know, sensations you feel in your body? And part of the medicine of this kind of practice is that it keeps you in your body when you might otherwise dissociate, right? If you are prone to going up into your head, which I think pretty much describes most of us, impact play has the potential to keep you in your body so that you can fully open to the experience at hand. It was next level. It was not an erotic experience. It was not meant to be. And that's why I think it's such a powerful demo of of what is possible through, through this orientation and this practice. So 
I feel so enlivened myself. I feel so much more life moving through my body because of this experience that I had with these women. The safety that we can confer to each other, right? My teacher Omrapani says that, you know, women in groups can contain each other, right? Just as a man can. The safety that we can confer and the inspiration, right? The ways that we can catalyze the reclamation of life force for each other. It's very available. This is a weekend experience and it was described as once, you know, those women reclaimed their words, it was described as life-changing. And it's because of the readiness that so many of us are feeling for, for this pattern disrupt and for this change in story. I came home and after my friends left and I was in the house by myself, I sat on the couch And I thought, you know, okay, I'm just going to reflect on the experience and, you know, just sort of cozy up here for a minute. And I felt this wave come up my body and I started to sob, like ugly cry sob, not like, oh, tears of joy and sweetness trickling down my cheeks. No, like as if I mean, the only time I've ever cried like this was when I lost something dear. And I felt in the moment confusion about what was happening to me (laughs) inside of me because I couldn't match what that kind of crying was about when I wasn't feeling grief or anguish. And I recognized that I was just moving energy. I was actually just feeling love and that love, real, like God channeled energy of life and connection. It is that way, right? Because I've, I've felt it when I have been in transcendent moments, right? When I've birthed my babies and it feels like a fucking freight train. It feels, you know, in fact, I heard Omrapani say this the other day, it feels like two live wires it's so much energy and we have the capacity to move so much more of this energy through our bodies than, than we are currently. However, there is a readying of the system that is required. There is self-containment, the access to, to safety, and then there is the choice to move in the direction of vulnerability and the love that becomes available, the the channeling of these exalted energies through the body, it's very intense. <laughs> it's very intense and it's beautiful. And that was one of the, the gifts that was delivered and it was pretty much what I was selling. You know, I was there to receive myself. So I wanted to close with one of the testimonials because I thought it was really beautiful. And this is from, her handle is Winter Sophia Ra. So she says, this past weekend, she opened the door, invited me in, and gave me permission to open my heart, move my body and dance, heal my mother wound, say no, say yes, use my voice, honor, respect, and admire men, honor my own courage, meet my dominance, and my submission, meet my edge and go past it. 
She introduced me to a community of beautiful women on the same path. She gave us all permission to be fiercely feminine by showing us many beautiful and amazing examples of what fiercely feminine looks like and inviting us to find our own way by leading the way. Thank you to Kelly Brogan and all the audacious women who showed up this past weekend for being you. <laughs> so with that, I invite you to, to check out the recordings and offer yourself this experience. Please let me know what you think. And if you vibe my particular curation of the many faces of fierce femininity that are available to us for inspiration, for modeling, and for guidance around what is possible for each and every one of us to embody. All right, until next time.